Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is your girl, Diamond, and I have a special show for y'all where I bring my homegirls on here and we do, you know, homegirl stuff. (laughs) Talk about us doing amazing stuff with your friends and really exploring the world. And so I brought on Rihanna McCree and Aria Saeed. Hi, y'all. Hey. Hey. (laughs) So I wanted to bring y'all on because we just came back from an amazing, fabulous learning experience in the motherland in Egypt. First of all, how excited were you before the trip for us to do this? What what tell me about your feelings and your vibe. Was this each one of y'all's first time in Africa? My first time. Mm. Yeah, my first time as well, actually. I know t- talking to the both of you before this happened, I think we all had the same experience going into this saying that this was a dream come true. Although I don't, I'm going to speak for myself. I was nervous about going to Africa, but it was a dream come true. Something I had always thought about since elementary Mm. about going to Africa, about going to Egypt and seeing the pyramids. So just for this to come to light in this amazing way to where I got to spend it also with the both of you was just so amazing. I, it, it, it'll be unforgettable. I think a big thing for us too was what's a place that we haven't been and we didn't know if we'd be, ever be able to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, having all these experiences in this trip with y'all in particular, literally like, oh, I could not imagine doing this trip with anybody else. Mm. I could not. Mm-mm. I'd always, I've always wanted to go ever since I was seven or eight. So it just meant a lot to me that, that this could even happen. And this has been like our new tradition, like um, the last couple of years where we kind of escape the holiday and like 
go somewhere crazy. So this felt the craziest. I don't mm-hmm. know if we should do this crazy all the time, <laughs> but. <laughs> I thought my very first place to go to Africa would be like South Africa, because that's just mm-hmm. something that I thought I didn't, I hadn't thought about Egypt. Egypt seems so ancient. And I know that's, you know, that's a cultural thing, but, you know, growing up in church, you hear about Egypt and and, and in that context. So I only think about it like that. And so when the idea came that I would go to Egypt, I was like, oh, my God, I never really thought about what it would be like visiting Egypt, you know, on a cultural level and on, you know, all the things, and I definitely didn't think about doing all the things that we actually were able to do on this trip. Brianna, what what were some of the things that you were nervous about? You said that you were nervous and you know, kind of apprehensive. So what was what was the things you were nervous about? Yeah, so usually on our trips, on our travels, we usually go to tropical places. <laughs> Under the sun. Exactly. And so I love the sun. So I am always. I'm not naked, but, you know, I always have skin showing because I love to be a little, put your glasses back up, because I love to be dark and glowy, but going to Egypt and not only- She loves to be naked. I just, I just need the record just like, she loves to be in the news. But even just reading about Egypt was a Muslim country, it had been- um, through so many different hands, and it was so conservative. Talking to some of my colleagues from the university that that have been to Egypt, and talking about how women have to be sort of invisible in this way to where they're unseen, mm-hmm. and that it's a male-dominated can't show your ankles, your elbows need to be covered. And I was like, that is just not me. So I remember (laughs) calling the both of y'all late night phone calls about what we are wearing. And I was just like, girl, to hell with it. I'm just going to buy some moo-moos and some turtlenecks and some flowy pants, which is not really me. But that's what I was nervous about, the dress code. And just how I would be perceived as a Black trans woman in Egypt. The dress part, um, we know Arya. Arya is modestly dressed a lot anyway. Me, <laughs> you know, you know, she's, you know, she's a consummate Kojic auntie. <laughs> yeah. Well, today I'm giving you um, daughter of Farrakhan. <laughs> <laughs> Nation of Islam, right? Yes, Black Israelite. Right. So me, I was I, I don't want to say I was nervous about it. Anytime I'm coming into another culture that is very different from ours, I want to see how fly I can be. And we all are fashionistas. So in my mind, I wanted to see how all of us was going to um do what we do, but in the culture. That's how you can tell if you are a fashion girly, if you can adapt what who you are with the culture and with the with the scenery of you know where you're going i think that is that's the exciting part just just as exciting as going to the particular place and exploring the culture is you know seeing how you can be one of the one of 
one of the locals in a sense. And so I that I was excited about the closing that kind of way. Now, of course, being a black trans woman and we're going to a foreign country and you know, we all are activists and hearing about some of the customs, hearing about some of the negative stuff in regards to, you know, LGBT people, people get LGBT people getting arrested and for staying in the hotel together. And me and you, Brianna, we were bunked together. So you know I didn't want them to think we were lesbians girl. <laughs> But we did have double beds. I think the problem comes in when you're um, in a room with two people and you want a single bed. Yeah, yeah, I think that's when they start to turn their nose up. And then even that, when we were, as far as the clothes and, um, you know, those kind of customs, I think another... I don't want to say if it's a blessing, but you know, we are American. And so come even coming in there and 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 seeing the people, some of the things that they told us beforehand were almost a little bit exaggerated because there were people who weren't following the quote unquote rules that we were that we were learning about in our education on on the culture so yes it was a lot of people who were covered up but there were some people who weren't covered up there were some people you know who weren't following those rules yeah i mean i swear i saw um a bunch of asian tourists that had on booty shorts and blazers (laughs) yes (laughs) i was like okay i feel like because mind you i didn't we didn't see a lot of black people while we were there that mm-hmm. were from America. Yes. Until All the like black- the last day, right? Um, no, no, no. Me like and Brianna met some guys. Remember, we met the guys from Detroit. Yes, oh. but that wasn't that the last day? No, uh-uh. That wasn't the last day. That was the second to the last day. Yeah. So just seeing how people reacted to European and Asian tourists versus the way that they acted towards us, I feel like was very noticeable. Yeah, well, give me give me some examples. Give me some details. Yeah. Hello, brown sugar. Come to me, brown sugar. Welcome home, my family. My color. Welcome home. And so nobody, cousin, cousin. Everybody was our family. And mind you, we have to say that we were in a big tour group of twelve people. Yeah, we're mostly European folks, folks from New Zealand and Germany and Miami, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so being in this situation where we are bold black women in this arena where everybody else sees us as black women, it was like an embrace of family that no one else could really describe. I remember the lady from Germany was like, oh my God, you have so many cousins out here. Because <laughs> everybody was calling us cousins. And sometimes, you know, it felt like they were pandering to try to get to buy stuff. But in other times, it wasn't about money. It was about, you know, I know I can tell that y'all are American and welcome home. Yeah, I see you as family. Yeah. I feel like Brianna, she looked up all these rules. And then she was like a walking encyclopedia about Egypt, like months before the trip. Because remember, she was like, well, I read and I saw <laughs> or I I went through YouTube videos and I, um, you're going to need to carry toilet paper. You're going to need to da 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 You're going to need yeah. to da-da-da. Do you remember that? And like, I'm like, oh, that can't be right. But I hadn't given it a lot of thought. The toilet paper thing gagged me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I want to hear why. Because that's that's a common luxury that we have that I didn't think. That's just such a common small thing that I wouldn't think somebody would either try to monetize or try to. So what would the toilet paper thing? So when you go into places in, in Egypt, there is like a tendon. And usually in America, I only see this at like, club sometimes like at the club somebody would be in the bathroom with some napkins or some gum or some you know something and they're expecting you know maybe you a tip puts a little something in their tip jar or whatever but this is a constant thing in egypt to where they are um there's attendants who are there with toilet paper if you need toilet paper and they're expecting you to pay for it <laughs> Yeah, so it's customary, the common practice, and this is not obviously when you go to someone's house, but when you go to any public places um, and you need to use the restroom, you have to pay to use the restroom and to access toilet paper. So you are not guaranteed that there's going to be toilet paper in your stall. So what... (laughs) (laughs) so diamond of all of us i think was the most furious about it all the time yes it wasn't that shocking to me because i feel like why not monetize i feel like it happens actually in the western world just as much we just don't notice it as much because you have to pay to use the restroom you know you got to buy something to then use the restroom and especially in san francisco there are no public restrooms so you literally have to go into a restaurant and you have to spend money in order to access the restroom. And then the restroom will be filthy. Like in um, like Europe, France, et cetera, you do have to pay to access the public toilets. Um, so you always have to have some coins to get in there. Um, but it's usually fully stocked and it, it cleans itself. Like um after each use but this was very different my kiki in particular was when where were we some museum i'm like racing to the bathroom and then i didn't realize that the toilet paper part which you all had become accustomed to i hadn't and so i was gagging because you had to pick the toilet paper out the thing in front of him that was gagging me like it was in the little, like a tissue thingy, like, and you just pick. Um, and it was like, you pay. And then it's like, he looked over, like monitoring how much I was taking. And <laughs> I was so embarrassed because I was like, oh my God, like, look away. I need the whole thing. But <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that you only, they only give you two. So in most of the places that you go to, you pay them um, and one Egyptian pound or what was it? 20 Egyptian pounds, which is $1 our money. And they give you two pieces of toilet paper. And usually they hand it to you. They don't give you the box so you can't overtake. That is such a, now that to me is the gag. Like Ari said, I was the most annoyed by this custom. <laughs> very, 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 very annoyed. So annoyed that even, nah, I won't say harmed myself, but one time we were at the Valley of the Kings and this is the first time somebody was in front of the door asking to pay. 
usually it's somebody you can go in, you can go in and use a bathroom freely, but there's somebody like at the sink, like, you know, do you need toilet paper? But this, at this one, the guy was sitting in a chair outside of the bathroom. And so you right, see the side the of the bathroom. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I'm coming, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to walk past him and go to the bathroom because I already got toilet paper in my bag. So, cause once I did it, the first, once Rihanna told me, oh, this is what it gives, honey, out toilet paper bag. <laughs> there, there it go. But when he tried to get me to pay just to go to the bathroom, I did. Oh, at a museum. <laughs> oh, baby, I was over that. And so I was not gonna. Um, I wasn't gonna. So play we already video. paid to get into. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh -huh. That was weird. We already paid to get in here. Why are you paying? Why am I paying you to go to the facilities? Like what? This is weird. This is. This doesn't make sense. It makes sense if this is a store, a restaurant, and you just come in and use the bathroom. I don't like when they do that here, but you know maybe that makes more sense because this bathroom is for our customers. Da 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 da. Makes sense. I get it. But we already done paid to come in here. So why are we paying to go to the back to the bathroom? No, I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. <laughs> now I will say they were clean though, most Always. of the time. We had maybe I don't want to say misconception, but I think because Egypt is not necessarily like an Instagram destination in the sense that like we already can imagine ourselves going to Greece. We can imagine ourselves going to Ibiza. We can imagine ourselves going to like a tropical island. Like because we've seen influencers, celebrities, and people have access to those places and share about it. But I think because we, there's not a lot of, when you Google like what to wear in Egypt or what to pack, there's not a lot of dialogue on it. There is some, but there's not, nearly as much as when you think of like taking a trip to greece or something right mm -hmm. and so i think because of that there was definitely like mis not i don't want to say misconceptions but just like brianna was saying like exaggerations of certain things like there were people you know we learned when we got there that you know egypt is probably way less conservative than most of the middle east in terms of dress code, so you saw Egyptian women with a head covering and some skinny jeans and a t-shirt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we definitely saw that in a way that, like, we didn't really see burqas head to toe. Like, you know, that's a whole nother we thing. We saw so, some, but it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like, there definitely, it de we definitely had room to play around. Yeah, would I walk around in a bikini top with my, you know, no, but I felt like I was like, oh, you don't have to be covered up as much as they that, that they would imply when you first do your research. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. And we found Instagrammable moments, even though they didn't show it to us before we came. We did find beautiful spots to take pictures of. What were some of your favorite mm -hmm. spots that um, in in your experience with like, you know, finding those moments? What were some of your favorite spots that you took pictures at? the Nile, mm. being on the cruise ship, looking outside and seeing the River Nile, that was just one of the best moments, the best, the most relaxing moments that I've had on the trip, because the trip was very vigorous. <laughs> you, it, was a <laughs> lot, it was a lot, but the best moment I had was sitting in 
the um, suite in the chair overlooking the river. Not it was mm. the, one of the best things for me. I was so tired and I I was just waking up and I had I, no, no, no. I, I was tired. So I was really I was in a good little sleep. And Brianna tapped me and woke me up. She's like, girl, look. And the she opened the curtains and we were literally looking at us floating down the Nile. We were seeing mm-hmm. animals drinking in the water, like we on Lion King. <laughs> we're seeing, we seeing the the bush, we're seeing just everything, the, just beautiful birds. It just was, it just was so, so, so dope. And I was like, God, could you imagine? We never would have thought that we would be in this position and uh, many times as you heard about the Nile growing up oh this is the longest river in the world or you know stuff like that and and it just was so exciting to wake up to that it was a beautiful moment definitely totally agree they need to like push that more of what it is because it was stunning yes Um, so y'all had on the same day like i i had a similar experience like i woke up i felt the boat moving i looked out the window and then I ran upstairs to the sun deck and was like, oh my God, I'm in the Nile in the middle of Egypt on a boat, on a yacht, whatever you want to call it. Like, what? What is life? This is so, because it, it wasn't until that point that it di- I got to digest, like, oh my God, I'm in Egypt. Like, that's crazy. Never mm-hmm. in a million years did I think it would be possible. Never in a million years did I think I could go, um, especially, you know, after transitioning. I feel like, you know, there's just a list of countries in your mind as a trans person of like, oh, I could never go there. Like, I won't be safe. Like, you know, they'll throw stones at me. <laughs> or you yeah. couldn't even come in because we've, we've seen a bunch of popular trans women come into a country and they wouldn't even let them in. In Dubai, right. In Dubai and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you went to Dubai, actually. Mm -hmm. And they let you in. Yeah. Yes! (laughs) I mean, I think we should celebrate small victories. (laughs) Yeah, I went to Dubai and Doha in Qatar. Because you missed your flight, right? Yeah. You missed your connecting flight. Yeah. And so I stayed there a little bit and they put me in a hotel. We got invited to this trip by Intrepid Travels. That's who allowed us to experience this. And so the beginning of the trip, because of the itinerary, we, we're hitting so many places. So we're starting off in Cairo, then we're going to Aswan, then we're going to Luxor City, and then back to Cairo. And so in the beginning, because we're in Cairo first, that is when they have planned to do all the typical um, tourist stuff, go to the pyramids, the, the Egyptian museum, and, you know, the Sphinx, all those kind of things. And so because I missed my flight, I was going to miss that portion of the, the beginning of the trip. And I was so devastated because, honey, how do you come to Egypt and not get a picture. Wait, you did miss it though. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So I was so devastated. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I missed the good stuff. Cause I didn't think about, yeah, they're going to do that in the beginning. Cause we got other places to go. And so, um, missed my flight and they put me in a hotel in, in, um, in Dubai. And it was a very, very nice hotel, but I didn't get to Egypt until that next morning, re- that next afternoon. And y'all had already been to the pyramids. Y'all had already been, 
um, to basically all the Egypt, all the Cairo stuff um, already. So I was like, God, but I'm not going to let it ruin. I'm just going to still enjoy the rest of the trip because I know it's still more to come. And so, yeah, I was devastated in the beginning because I did miss my flight. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. The majesty of those things. Like when you think about going to Egypt, yes, the pyramids come to mind. The things come to mind. What are some of the things outside of those typical tourist locations do you remember were kind of a highlight to y'all? For me, it was going to the spice market. Just to, yeah, just to walk through the spice market. And it's at night. Because usually when we have big markets like that, we call them flea markets and they're mm -hmm. only during the day. But theirs is at night. It's all lit up. It's full of people. It is energetic. It has so like many thousands energy. of people. It's yes. lively. And yeah. so walking through the spice market, I felt like it was beautiful. I felt like, you know, and the people were so warm and inviting. Now, Aria did run into some man, but the people <laughs> there were so warm and inviting that I, I, felt, I felt pretty safe. Then going to the tea shop was, I, I love the tea shop. I use that tea all the time. Mm. So that was one of the highlights for me to go into the outdoor market at night. Mm. same I think well there's also just a rush like the way it, just so folks understand like the way that we were traveling so when you do a trip with Intrepid um, it is truly like adventure travel so what we didn't know is you know Brianna uh, sorry Diamond missed her connecting flight in Dubai like had to stay the night to get the earliest flight the next day me and Brianna arrived and literally like, we're like looking for the airport transfer person. Then we like have to go through customs. That takes like 45 minutes. And it's a guy with a sign hustling you through. And, you know, we'd just been flying for maybe 16 hours. Um, and so, you know, we had a layover in Germany and then, you know, whatever. And so we're finally here. We're like exhausted just from the travel. Then, you know, we get into like, um, we get our baggage, we're like 
roaming around, like we're gagging that we're in Egypt. Then we get into a van and then this van is driving you through Cairo and you don't realize that Cairo is bigger than New York City, that <laughs> you're seeing like, and then you're driving for like what feels like two hours to get to this hotel. <laughs> and then you get to the hotel, your travel host, or at least in our case was there, she already ordered us dinner because the restaurant was closing and was like, great, you guys need to be up at like 5 a.m. the next morning to go see these pyramids. And we're like, oh, oh, okay, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so literally you then lay in bed and you're like, oh, wait, that's like in four hours. Like, um, so by the time we get to this like spice market, we have been like traveling nonstop, like literally like not a lot of sleep, city to city. We've flown from Cairo to the south of Egypt to another city. We've like been on the boat and then we've been walking around touring like temples and then like going to different places or going to eat with a family. And you know what I mean? Like all these kind of different activities and it's literally sun up to sun down. And so what was also really cool about the market or just just what Brianna saying in general, like we literally were like in sandals, modest dresses, and there's like horse and buggies and cars and like, but it's like the inertia of it is like you're in basically the New York City of the Middle East and like, there's like horses, there's camels, there's cars, there's people walking and talking on their phones and stuff like, and and then there's also, so it's like the old world and the new world at the same time. Like, and I think that's what the spice market, what made it so fabulous too, is like, it's just both of it all at the same time, all happening all at once. Like it was, it was stunning. It was a thing that made me feel, um... The most like I was in another country. Yeah, you see the other the other big stuff, but where I was like, oh wow, this is um I'm you get people. Of course, this is something that's going to happen throughout the whole trip. You're going to get people who are trying to um sell you stuff. It's they're trying to get you because they know you foreign and they know you got some coins, so they're trying to get you to buy things. There actually was two markets that we went to. There was one that was a little bit early on on the trip and that one's that one seemed the most scary to me just because of the introduction to it because we're walking through the streets and the streets you know ain't no stop signs it's no you gotta play frogger to get across the street okay <laughs> but it's all an adventure and so we're going through and we're, we're walking through and our host iman is so amazing like she is so dope and just describing everything and telling us, hey, this is this, this is this, and just keep corralling us because some people are, not some people are, yeah. Some people are going slow <laughs> and you got to catch up and just corralling all of us. <laughs> We're riding through and people are looking at us. People are flirting with us. People are you know, saying, hey, cousin. There, it's just a wide range of what's happening. I heard you that. You. No, all of, all of us. No, you. They caught you by yourself. And I also have to say this. 
the people that we traveled with were really amazing also. We had an mm. amazing group of people that we didn't know from Adam, but they were so nice, so welcoming, and even very protective of us. Mm. So another element was Arya spilled our tea in the in the van. <laughs> <laughs> she just went ahead and spilled our tea in the van and was talking and the people once the people you know got you know knew that uh, you know these are black trans women you know we don't know if they had figured out before or after or whatever but it was a, a clear announcement of our tea <laughs> once that happened the way you say it so i <laughs> announced it because yes those white people needed to protect us <laughs> <laughs> I need to be protected. I'm delicate. So So I don't know. I don't know how much protected they were gonna do. They they tried. There was a couple of a couple of moments where they, they tried. Not that we need no, I'm we're saying that like we needed protection. There was no time that I felt um like there was protection needed. Nobody was bothering us. So I don't want I wanted to, I don't want to give the impression that um somebody was bothering us. Nobody bothered us. That I know of. Does anybody bother y'all? When you talk to people, then they become more aggressive because they want to try to sell you something. They yes. want your attention. So the more attention you give them, the more aggressive they get. And if the other if other folks from Egypt from Egypt see them talking to you, then they come over also to talk to you. So it's almost like you're in a swarm of people. Yes. So there was this portion, uh, there was this time that we were walking back to the boat and Arya stopped to smoke a cigarette, cigarette and we all kind of kept walking. Mm -hmm. So I turned around and looked and at this point, all I heard was Angela screaming, stop it. Enough, I, you know, right? And then I see them walking through the herd of people, and had to tell. I feel like because we're we as Americans, as Black Americans, we have this hospitality that a lot of folks don't seem to have when traveling. I think, especially traveling to other countries, so we're very nice. We're hi, we and we had to learn. Oh no, don't speak to people. Don't let no one put anything in your hand. Don't let people grab you. Don't let don't talk to people. Don't look at people because then they are going to then they want money from you. You are a tourist, and they are trying to sell something, <clears throat> whether it be their little posters, whether it be clothes, whether it be whatever they're selling, they are haggling. They are trying to get you to buy it. And so yeah. they're showing you things, and they're being aggressive, bringing it up to you, especially in certain portions. Like, I remember when we went to the um, ISIS temple, mm -hmm. and before we got there, we, we when you go to the temple, you have to ride a boat to the temple. But before you get to the boats, it's like these little shops. And honey, they got the little kids, little nine-year-olds coming up to you, trying to sell you something. Everybody is mm. just trying to come up to you, and you gotta say no, and you gotta be, don't have to say no, but, um, but you know, you just gotta be like, no, thank you, no, thank you. But they're gonna keep trying and keep trying. It was something that I had to get used to, but by, by the time you get at the end of the trip, you used to it, child. Because <laughs> it happens all the time. I gotta say that I was amazed. Like, it felt like I was Beyonce. <laughs> so I'm in the front of the group because I'm like... Tipping. <laughs> I'm feeling so like, oh my God, this is amazing. And they are just just talking. Nobody is... Be it's nothing, be nothing rude being said. It's just 
saying nice stuff and being amazed that we are, of course they can tell we're not from here just based on how we dress and they're just giving us compliments. They're, you know, and you can tell they are talking to us. us. Only us out of the whole group. <laughs> us. I remember at that point walking through that market, you were ahead. And so I grabbed Aria's hand and we were walking together hand in hand. And I remember this man saying, Oh, too. <laughs> Hi, family. Come to my store. Come to my store. Yeah. I feel like any of it was insulting or derogatory. Mm. I just think that they will do it. Like you said, they see us. We're not from here. But also, they're going to do whatever they can to do to get you to come to their shop and see what they're selling. Yeah. Because we are tourists, and they want you to spend that money, especially if you're spending American money. Yeah. And, you it, know, just... It is overwhelming. It didn't make me fear my safety so much as just... Yeah. It just made... It put me on edge and anxious a lot of the time. So, like, there was a moment... I think, Brianna, you sat this one out and stayed on the boat, but we went to the temple um, or another temple or something. And it's like, it was literally dozens of kids following us with their merchandise. Then we get to a turn right before the temple. And it's like, like five men in front of you, like shoving things in your face. They want you to touch it. If you touch it, then you have to buy it. Remember like, all of those kind of rules that you're trying to get through and like, but you're, you know, for me, I still want to be polite. So I was like, Oh no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. You know? And the host is like, you need to just ignore it. You need to just go through and like, but it feels wrong to be like a guest in someone's country and then be like paying them death. And so that's what got me in trouble all the time too, is because I'm like, I wasn't trying to make eye contact or anything. I'm just trying to get through, but they, yeah. So that was overwhelming and anxiety inducing. And it definitely made you feel like you were famous. Like it's like, cause then they're all talking to you when you come back out of the temple, they're yelling at you. Like <laughs> someone's Compliments. like, that's my wife. That's uh, my wife. All with the intention of making a sale. Yeah, that's what it is. It's and like so, when you go to the mall and there are those kiosk people. Ooh, can I ask you a question? Uh -huh. Ooh, so, can I? Da, 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 yes. So basically, it's like they're 10 times more aggressive than the kiosk commission-only sales associate. At the mall. You know they don't get hourly pay. They're trying to sell you that flat iron. That hair serum, and they're like, this beautiful, this will make you, you know. So, they're, you know, think of it as like they're 10 times more aggressive, and there's so many more of them all at the same time. Also, I walk slow. So, like, it's just a way that, like, uh, if you, if you are slowly behind the group, then you're in trouble. Cause you're then, like, it's, uh, it's like when the, the, the lions are trying to catch the little, uh, the little gazelle. They're going to catch the slow ones. <laughs> and so I have to confess, there was like maybe one or two days on the trip where I just, there were some mornings I wake up and I just be like, oh, I really don't want to do it today. Just because I know I'm going to be slower than everybody else. Um, that I just knew that it was going to like, because when you're not in sync in terms of pace with the group, then you fall into the crowd and then 
you know, the group is trying to keep up with the host, so no one looks back to like check on you and see if you still come in. So it's like it's like a whole thing. And so sometimes it was like, oh girl, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather not go. Um so you know, we're on this tour and, and so I feel like I did a good job trying to keep up with the skinny girl. So <laughs> there is a immersive element of the you know you know you got the tourist stuff you have the beautiful views you know you have the shopping things and it, there is an immersion element not only just going to like the markets and stuff like that but they have three families host you while you are on tour so some of your meals will be had at people's personal houses or personal locations where they cook for you and you know a lot of them to us a lot of them tell us about you know their family and you know their everyday life and actually that is one of the most you know to me memorable moments of the trip just kind of being meeting these people and their family and eating the food cuz you know to me those moments were the best food moments to me for me and so can you tell us about those experiences? What did you take from it? I mean, for me, the most memorable one was the Nubian village because they were dark skinned, beautiful black people. Yeah, and their story was funny. Like their 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 uh, marriage story was funny. I thought that was dope. Mona Lisa. Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Their <laughs> names the too, name. like the names that they have is my Kiki. Like I thought it was, I, I still think I still think it was fake, but it was, <laughs> it was funny, uh, the names, but it was funny um, for them to tell the stories and to tell their customs of how they got married, you know, staying with family, just different things. Because one of the customs that I thought was interesting is the husband went to stay with the mom, the mother-in-law and the daughter in the beginning of their marriage. And I was like, oh, like 45 days or something. Yeah. They actually stayed yeah. for a year. Remember, yeah. it's longer than the 45 days. Right. Mm. And they, that's not an Egyptian, like a, a universal Egyptian. That was Nubian. Um, tradition. That was a Nubian. We know about Nubians, I think, as Black people in America. But um, they're not specific to Egypt. So they are in Egypt. They're in Sudan. They're yeah. in Somalia, right? Like, and it's a a, um, a population, a tribe of, um, or a race of, of people from that area. I remember walking up the stairs into the um, room where we were going to sit down and eat and walking past the kitchen and we see everybody in their kitchen, just like Black people everywhere else. The kitchen is a place where you congregate and everybody's sitting around talking while they're cooking. And they were it, definitely gossiping. They were. They were. <laughs> like hens. <laughs> and then to come in and sit down and have a conversation with JJ and Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa talked about their love story and their courtship and how they met and how they got married and the traditions. They even passed around their wedding book. So you got to see the pictures of their wedding and to hear um, JJ talk about his businesses and his family. I, for me, that was the highlight of one of the highlights of the trip was the Nubian village. Mine was the third. The third one was my favorite because our host seems like she was more fulfilled, familiar with her. 
Um, and so the energy walking in was almost like she was walking into her homegirl's house and she, and it was a whole vibe and I liked her cause her personality was more like your Egyptian auntie <laughs> is cooking for you. She literally took us to a kitchen and in the kitchen made us, taught us a meal to cook, taught us. And I don't cook this since I've been back home cause I was recording it <laughs> and it is so good. And it just, it, that I just, I just something about that, that third one that was really, really, I loved it. I love the third one. so i never felt um there was no time that i felt unsafe on the trip i felt like it was you know because we were in a group and because you know just our great tour guide i never really felt unsafe but if there was one time that i felt like my brain was saying bitch you should be unsafe <laughs> you should be paying attention it was when we were going to the nubian house when we were going to the Nubian house, we had got a boat. We had, you know, they had got a drinks or whatever. And we got a Faduka to this particular place. But when we got off the boat, in order to get to this house, we got to walk through like this not very well lit landscape. We got to go through this. Huh? And it was at night. It was at night. And it was like this back alley. And... And it it dirt road, dirt road. <laughs> it reminds me of like a movie where a movie scene where you know you might be in a foreign country and there's something kind of shifty going on and da 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 da. But because of we were with the group and we were with our amazing tour guide, my my I kept my my eyes were saying you're unsafe, you're unsafe, you're unsafe, you're unsafe, but. I was I was kind of saying no, you're okay because you're with your group and you with this great guy, this great guy. I mean, you weren't wrong to feel that way. So I mean, we basically, and I hate saying this, like uh, one of the people on the trip, but we were basically in the project mm. um, because they do the same thing when you visit the favelas in Brazil. 
that's exactly what it reminded me of is it's they're beautiful they're like you know indigenous to the populations that live there and um we got there and it was super dark there's no street lighting it's a dirt road but then there's like the young kids running around like the village following us like oh the americans are coming very much that like um and so yeah it was a little <laughs> it was a little intimidating because i'm like oh i'm used to you know this is the part where they take you to xyz destination to show you how life really is but i'm not used to doing this at, at night um because <laughs> i was like oh they gagged us taking mm -hmm. us in, when it was extra dark but um but then you get there and you see i mean i think that was the first time for us too that we saw people that looked just like us yeah like up until then we'd been saying it you know hieroglyphs of ancient egyptians all day so like by the time we get there it's like oh my god like um and so it was it was stunningly beautiful mm -hmm. um just like the family and um all the women that prepared the meal for everyone um and the the kids were so adorable and they were like asking questions in the hallway uh like i went with iman and we snuck away to like you know smoke a cigarette and um the kids were like asking so many questions and stuff partly because and iman explained like they don't see women smoking in public like um in the south of egypt it's a lot more conservative um just like i imagine like the united states so like there's just certain customs that, you know, they just wouldn't see. So it was, yeah. So let's talk about Iman, our amazing tour guide. What were some of the highlights of her as a guide? You know, I think I, I said this before, her just navigating the landscape of Egypt as a guide, as a woman, and being such a boss at it, it was just such an amazing thing to see. As we walk through Egypt, we don't see any women guides. We, yeah. The only women we see are tourists. So she is not only a guide, but she is such an amazing historian that other guys are standing there listening to her as she teach us about the cultures of Egypt. I remember we were at the the um, mosque and she was talking about the mosque and these men had to come over and give her so much praise about who she was, what she was doing and how um, she was describing the pillars of Islam and yeah. in such a in such a intersectional and beautiful way that they had to come over to our group. They weren't even in our group to no. tell us to tell her that she did it so brilliantly. Yes. And so she they were Egyptian as well, right? So they yes. they were Egyptian men who were coming to visit the mosque or something. So they weren't tourists and they were so stunned by her that they had to give her like affirmations and praise for the way that she was leading our tour yes and i have to say um you know usually when i travel i am a very introverted person i am a hyper introvert so i'm the person that is quiet and sitting back i feel like she made me feel so comfortable in the atmosphere i am i was in i remember the night they had a party on the boat 
And people were talking about they were going to dress up and go to the party. Now, I was going to pay the party because I'm just not the party person. But she was like, no, you should come to the party. And so I was like, all right, I'll go to the party. And so then I got just, I went to the gift shop. I bought um, a little shingle belt. And I bought like, <laughs> a little head wrap. And I came to the party and I just felt so welcomed. I felt so um secure and everything and the party was amazing she was trying to get everybody up on the dance floor and dance she was fun she was so fun it was amazing to be in the space with her if you ever go to Egypt with intrepid travel Iman travel traveler Iman needs to be your tour guide it won't be the same (laughs) if she is not your tour guide (laughs) what about you Arya Intrepid was, you know, they did a lot of work when they learned that we wanted to do Egypt. They did a lot of work behind the scenes. They had several meetings. They had safety meetings. They had um, several emails and stuff. And so uh, one of the leaders from the team went to Egypt and did the tour. And because of Iman was like, you need to do the tour for when, you know, the girls come. And she just really is something special. Like she, first of all, she's like, yeah, like Brianna was saying, like she's in a male dominated industry, which in Egypt is uh, the tourism industry is their largest economy, right? And it's male dominated from the bus drivers to the hotel staff. Like, you know, normally when, especially in America, like when you stay in hotels, a lot of the staff tend to be women. But in Egypt, it's all men, like from housekeeping to uh, bellhops, concierge, to the drivers, to the cooks and the, the chefs and the, like all that kind of stuff, like is a very male dominated industry. Like you hardly see women in these spaces at all, um, which is quite fascinating. But, um, and so then there's Iman who's like, you know, she has like her braids and like these fun glasses and she's like literally hanging with the boys in in, in terms of her profession. Um, but she's also just, yeah, super sweet and super knowledgeable. So um, she had shared that, you know, she studied archeology span um, academically and like uh, all the tours that we did, like I just, I would like, I would trail away and like, um, go and walk by other tour groups that were in, in the museums and stuff and still find that like Iman was like the best in terms of content. Like she just has an art of storytelling as well. So there was like the old cisgender white men tour guides, like very Indiana Jones, like blaring on and on and on about <laughs> ancient Egypt. But like, Iman would do it almost in this way of like telling like an enchanting love story. I love that you said a love story because what I picked up from her is that she loves her her country. She loves her mm-hmm. culture. She loves it so much that she knows about it. She knows detailed. She's not just recalling all the information about, you know, the kings. She She's recalling information about how the culture was, how the people were living, how, you know, that well, even the ones that weren't king, kings. And so in my mind, that is what really was 
was conveyed to me that she loves her country and she knows so much. There was times when I would point to some of the randomest hieroglyphics and she would have some information about it. And, and, and it, it, when you go to Egypt, understand that there, when you go to the temples, there are tons of very, very hieroglyphics. And she had some information, even down to one where, um, there was a woman, actually a small one on this wall that was about a woman giving birth. And she and there the baby coming out of the woman on the hieroglyphic was black. Like it was the color of the stone was black. And she said it's black because so many people have touched it like to get blessed. Like it's almost like a superstition kind of thing. Right? Yeah, the fertility it touched it to get blessed so they can have a baby. And so she knew that. And then there was another element of. um uh, 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 that was talking about like birth control and uh, um, maybe abortion, just different things. There was a hieroglyphic talking about that. None of the men was over there talking about that. And oh, with the condoms and the uh, birth control, yeah, yeah. And so it that I think her being a woman, her being an Egyptian woman, a progressive. Um, Egyptian woman colors the tour in a certain way. Even when we went to that coffee shop that was, you know, that opened in the 1700s, she, the guy who was running it, I guess the owner or the coffee shop, the person who, the barista or whatever at the bazaar, he was trying to get her to talk about the uh, the men on the walls. And she was talking about, you know, the the feminist writer the man who was the feminist writer that kind of pushed culture forward in regards to women. And, you know, I can, he's trying to convince her to talk about these, you know, these other people that he thinks are important. But I think she kind of knew that the people on our tour wanted to hear about, you know, people who were groundbreaking and not just because they were men. <laughs> and it was a powerful moment for me to see her navigate him. Cause she was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. And she was giving us so much information and so, um, so much, um, just almost like that intersectional tour, which is what I wanted. I didn't want to just hear about, um, Tuts and the uh, Amaraz and, uh, you know, I just didn't want to hear about that. I wanted to hear about the people, the women, and she was definitely educated about that. She even took some time to sit down with us and talk about the current politics of Egypt. Like we literally sitting down um, eating lunch and she wanted, she said, whatever questions you have, let, you know, just ask me. And she was very knowledgeable. That was the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. And then last but not least, I told y'all earlier that I missed the, the pyramids in the beginning. So we were staying an extra day. And so when we found out we were staying an extra day, she was literally campaigning, <laughs> looking for drivers for me, looking for tour guides for me to be able to take me to the pyramids that last day because I could just get up and go by myself. And so I wouldn't have to go by myself. And instead, when she couldn't find anybody, she literally took us all and found a driver and took me up there so I wouldn't miss that experience. And I was so grateful because she didn't have to do that. She was off work. <laughs> and so um, right. she I was, was supposed to go back home. She was supposed to go back home to mm -hmm. um, where was she? Where did she live? Um, Alexandria. Alexandria. Yeah. 
And so, so for me, for her to do that, it was so considerate and I really, really appreciated it because, you know, I didn't want, I would have did it by myself, but I didn't want to do it by myself. And she made the process so, so, so much easier. And we had a great time and I loved it. She was just a great, you know, great addition to the trip that I, I feel like the trip wouldn't have went as well if we had another tour guide. Let's talk about the people on the trip because I think that may be something people might want, might be concerned about as far as you know, you know, people with you know expansive identities. Um, what are what were your thoughts about the people? Not not the people in the culture, but the people who were traveling with Intrepid with us. You know, t- talk about those people a little bit. So when we partnered with Intrepid, uh, we chose to do the premium experience, um, which allowed us the ability to stay in uh, four to five star hotels, um, planes, and food and all that kind of stuff, um, as opposed to like traveling by train throughout the country or, right? So they have more affordable options and then they have um, premium and luxury um, accommodations as well. So we chose sort of the mid-tier premium experience. Um, and so I think what I was most surprised by is like when when I thought of Intrepid in the group travel, I pictured like 18-year-old like backpackers is what was coming to mind. Like, um, And instead, like most of the folks on our trip uh, were like middle-aged. There was lots of couples. Um, there was one family that did it together. Um, so like father, mother, daughter. Um, combo. There was like a couple, lots of couples. Everyone was coupled except the three of us, right? We had a mother and son, and we had a mother, father, and son, and the rest were husband and wives. Yeah. Um, And so, and what was great was like folks from different parts of the world, which I was expecting, but not, um, not in this way. So the family was from Australia. Then there was the mother son. They were New Zealand, but from Belgium. Yeah. And then um, there was a German couple, but they lived in LA, not LA, San Diego, Orange County, San Diego. San Diego. Um, and then there was like a um, couple from Cuba. I'm sorry, Florida. Miami. There was <laughs> Florida, Miami. Same thing. No, I'm just kidding. She was Cuban. The the girl was Cuban. <laughs> She's Cuban. <laughs> but he is like, um, yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was about to be messy, but if you're trying to avoid being messy, I can cut it out. <laughs> I am for the sake of recording. I'm trying not to, but you can say it. Okay. So, Everybody was great in regards to their personality, in regards to um, what was happening. I could tell that the guy from Florida, that once RT came out, he was the one who had a problem with RT. (laughs) Because he was the one to me that once RT came out, 
he was the one that started to act weird and act funny. Everybody else were acting, even if they were acting weird, it wasn't in a negative way. It was like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And da, 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 da. It was that that curious way, that, that kind of sweet and being nice and over complimentary kind of way. But he was the one that was the one that was kind of being avoided, like avoiding us. Even to the point that um, I remember his wife who was so bubbly, almost naive kind of woman, um, bubbly little sweet young young girl and anytime she would be in a deep conversation with us or anybody really not just us he would do this little tactic which i it was passive aggressive well first he would walk off and leave her yes little thing yes he would walk off because he didn't want to be in especially with us he didn't want to be in the conversation with us and so he would walk off but if we anytime she get in a deep conversation he would do this jump out of nowhere and scare her to bring her attention back to him. And so at first I wasn't paying attention and he was just doing, I was like, Oh, they're a new couple. They, you know what I'm saying? They had just got married. So he doing this little cute stuff. But then I started to realize when he did it. And I told everybody to pay attention because I said, he does it when her attention is not on him. And it, and it's a passive, a passive aggressive way to get her to get her attention back on him. And once I said that, y'all noticed that oh, this is when he does it. Anytime he had a little conversation, it we were having. She was having a deep, deep conversation. He would try to come in and get scare her and get her attention. It was very, very weird. <laughs> the time where we went to, I think that was the Valley of the Kings and we got off the tour bus and we were swarmed by all the little kids. Oh, yes. They just feel like superstars on tour. Well, she was in that group with us. And so they swarmed her as well to where she felt like I'm a superstar. And she was signing autographs and everything. And she loved her. She loved it, and but you look over, he is a mile away. He has left her. Irritated, right. Irritated. So she leaves from that experience. Oh my God, I love this. I felt famous. You made me feel famous, the girls. <laughs> made me feel famous, everybody. And then he'll jump out ah, and just get her. And we all like, what? What is that for? Weird. And then, like you said, it pulls her back in to grab his hand, to have his, to, to be more attentive to him and like forget about feeling herself in the moment. Yeah. It can codependent trade. Yes, it definitely did. Mm -hmm. um, but we that was the only. the girls that be with trade like that. Yes. I'm just saying. Everybody, everybody else, other than that, situation everybody else was cool we had a beautiful conversation on top of the boat with the mother and the father they had just went through a tragedy and we were you know just having some very race sensitive conversation with her and you know grieving sensitive conversation with her that was just beautiful and that was amazing i didn't expect that because it was you know it was a very intimate moment and it was that was great um at one of the comical highlights of our trip is we when we go to our last house, our last family to eat with, we're walking in and Angela, the one of the German, the German wife, <laughs> Angela <Yeah>. said, 
<laughs> we walking in and it's no, looking kind of up. She, we was driving up. We hadn't got off the bus when she said it. I here. No, when she first said it, when I first heard her, we're coming into the place. And Angela says, Oh gosh, they keeps taking us to the projects. <laughs> 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 no, no, she said it on the tour bus when we drove up to the apartment building. She was like, the, the ghetto. This is the ghetto. I was like, Angela. <laughs> She's like, what? It is. It's the project. <laughs> so this is the thing that they don't do that we are so used to here in America is people ask if you have allergies. And if you're allergic no, they to do. Well, not not at the houses. Intrepid did, but no, when you no, no, no. So they explained to me that Intrepid explained to me that because we were there on PR, we didn't do all of the intake stuff that everyone else had to do. Because there's a a level of registration. I just we I guess we didn't get. Because um, I explained that to them, and they were like, "Oh, that shouldn't have happened." But then, you know, I was like, well, we weren't asked. I'm the one that shared, you know, with you all. Like, but I hadn't told them about your cat allergy. I just told them about like the peanuts, avocados. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And when you go into Egypt, you mostly hear about rabbit dogs. You have to get rabies shots because right. there are dogs running around everywhere. And mind you, the dogs were chilling. We didn't see no laying out. Dogs. Laying at wait, do you remember that one dog before I jump back into that story? Do you remember that one dog at the Nubian village that was hustling us? <laughs> he was walking, he was limping like his leg was broke, but as soon as we gave him some attention, all his legs worked. Move. <laughs> like, Even the dog is trying to hustle you out here. But it was that last family's house we went to, and I have a severe pet allergy. Love pets, severe pet allergy. So we walked in the house. It was so warm and welcome and inviting. And mind you, on this part of the trip, it had started getting cold and it had rained. So the heat was on in people's homes. So we walk in the house, the heat is on. It was warm, inviting, everybody speaking and saying hi. And there is this giant cat that looks like Garfield. And everyone (laughs) just starts picking up and rubbing. So my mind is like, that's just fur running everywhere. And so (laughs) I'm like, okay, you are here for the experience. Try to stay as long as you can. Sit down. I sit away from the cat. I sit away from people rubbing and picking up and holding the cat. And... Everything is fine. Dinner comes out and all of a sudden, first my eyes start to itch and I get that tickle in the back of my throat. And usually it's fine if I just use a little bit of my inhaler and it kind of helps it in the beginning. And then I took my allergy pills. Food comes out. We're eating food and Angela, I'm sitting next to Angela and she looks over at me and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I have a severe pet allergy. And she was like, whenever you are ready to go, we can leave because I'm ready to go too. (laughs) I'll come with you and I'll help you. And I was like, okay, Angela. So we sit in there. I'm trying to bear it, trying to bear it. 
They start playing with the cat again. I was like, I got to go. Jumped up. I ran out the house. The people are so nice. They're like, oh, we can put the cat in the bedroom. We can lock it away. And I was like, it's not that. I just, and Aria's telling the people it's not that. It's just that the cat is in the house and it's just become too much of her and she can't breathe. Go outside. They brought me out food. They brought me out dessert. It was still so amazing. But yeah, that's something that um, you should be aware of. If you do this experience with Intrepid, that you go to people's homes. And so you, if you have allergies, you have to be aware of that. So before we, you know, embarked on this journey, when I would tell people that we were going to Egypt, I would get immediately, oh, do, uh, is it going to be safe? Oh, um, be careful. Oh, do you know about this? Do, the, it was it was always this kind of concern. Also, oh, the men are really really aggressive there. Be careful. It was it was about the aggressiveness of the men and the lack of safety for LGBT people. And so let's talk about that. Like you know, we are we are trans women who travel. And so, you know, safety is, uh, you know, uh, one of our utmost concerns. And so tell me about your experience and, you know, pre going on the trip and, you know, on the trip about safety. When Intrepid reached out to us, you know, they essentially had a list of places that they had in mind for us to go. And... I think we were really adamant about going to Egypt. I think there's a lot of stigma about traveling to Egypt, um, especially as an LGBT person, um, but also as a woman, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, questioning our safety. And then it started to make me question it more um, before we went on the trip. What's fascinating is it doesn't matter how modestly you dress, like, this idea that like, oh, she wore a mini skirt and that's why is false because men are just men, unfortunately. Um, and so we were covered head to toe and they still were, you know, sexualizing us. This wasn't like every single day, but I'm just saying in general, like there were certain instances where like um, the what y'all were talking about when I fell behind the group there was these boys or men, but they were in their like early 20s. And they were, you know, talking about how big their dicks were and like all that kind of stuff. And so that's when Angela was like, enough. <laughs> you didn't want to see your banana. <laughs> um, and mind you, I'm covered head to toe. So it like has nothing to do with what you're wearing. Um, that's just a reality anywhere in the world, traveling um, as a woman or femme, it doesn't matter. Like in terms of safety as a trans person, I think as a trans traveler in general, I think everyone should use discretion, not discretion, that's the wrong word, but I think everyone should be perceptive. Um, Discernment. The church, let the church discern. girls say. Yes, discernment. <laughs> Amen. You have to embrace that, like, 
not every culture is trans affirming. In fact, we live in a world that does not want trans people to exist. And so there's certain battles that you fight and there's some battles that you just don't fight. You pick your battles. Um, and I know that's like very tricky, but like, I think what made it a successful experience for us um, is that, I don't know if I should articulate it that way, but like, I think because we are binary girls who followed all of the sort of guidance that we were given to maximize our safety, I think that really helped. And Intrepid Travels really doing their due diligence in putting us um, in the situation that we were in with a great tour guide and really, you know, and to be, even before we got there, they really prepared their staff, they prepared, um, you know, just everything that revolved around us was very, very um, meticulous about doing that. And I thought it was, I thought, I didn't feel any kind of, any kind of, as far as my transness goes. No, I didn't feel any kind of unsafe in regards in regards to that. I have to say the last day that we were there at that last yeah. hotel. I don't know what it was about that hotel. Because that our tour period. guide had left. Just that hotel and the men staff at that hotel. They there were was shady. a vibe. There was they a vibe. Were, and they started being shady. Remember we were they sitting started on the saying, roof? Sir, uh-huh. Yeah. They wouldn't they serve us. us. Know our, they wouldn't serve yeah. us. They oh, did want us to that. know that they knew our tea. Um, that much I felt. So when y'all wanted to go to the place with the drink, um, because Egypt is a Muslim country, there are certain areas where you are allowed to. So, you know, drinking alcohol is haram. Um, and so because of that, there's basically sanctioned areas in this particular case in cairo where you can drink alcohol um but it's not universal there's no corner stores you can't you can't just go down the street and get you a drink you can't go to a restaurant and order a cocktail like you have to go to basically the riverboat yeah right most of the places were on the boat on the nile and that's sort of like the um, what do you call it like the gray area where it's like, it's not on land, it's on sea. And so Brianna and Diamond really wanted a cocktail. And I was like, mm-mm, we not leaving. Because it was the last day. And I just got spooked because it suddenly, it's fascinating. It didn't really hit me till the last day that there was a more so vulnerability. I feel like to what you were asking earlier, Diamond, like how did I feel about safety before going on the trip? I think I was a little daredevilish, like, oh, yes, it's illegal to be gay and trans in Egypt, but I'm still gonna go. But right? they do, but they do do gender affirming care in Egypt. Yeah, they yeah. do, but that's that's actually not abnormal for a Muslim country, and a lot of people don't realize that. Um, like in Iran and Lebanon and other countries you know, they will provide your SRS. So um, because the Quran doesn't actually say anything derogatory about trans people, um, it does about sort of homosexuality. So oftentimes you'll find in Muslim countries, they will 
it, it's still a faux pas. Nobody wants their child to grow up to be a belly dancer. No one wants their child to grow up to be a trans person. But those things are sort of marginally accepted, right? So we saw the belly dancers, you know, there was like, it's that weird loophole in sort of religious law where like, you know, they will celebrate and they love having a belly dancer at the occasion, but they don't want their son to marry a belly dancer. Right, they don't want a belly dancer living next door to them. Exactly, and so transness is essentially very similar in that. Um, Except there is in the Quran in that in the hadith, there is a hadith that tells a story about um, a trans person being brought to the Prophet Muhammad, and they thought that they were going to be executed, but the Prophet was like, actually long as she is living the life as a as a virtuous woman as you get what i'm saying long as she's living the life as a woman that is okay and they spared her life and so that passage in the quran is why the the culture around transness actually shifted and why if you get your surgery yes you, you can be accepted in womanhood and still cover and do all the things that women do yes you'll be accepted but you know that's still that that was a controversial move, um, but it, that is one of the reasons why in those countries that you name because it is a, a portion in the Quran that talks about um, uh, uh, it starts the word starts with an M I can't pronounce it because it's an Arabic word but um, but yes of a trans person not being spared by Muhammad. And so be based right. on that, the laws to protect trans people, actually, that's how they justify them. But culturally, yes. like, they still don't want you to be trans. No, so you'll transition, yeah. you'll get your surgery, you know, you'll wear your hijab, you'll live sort of and model a virtuous woman. But that doesn't mean that they'll give you a job, that doesn't right. mean that they'll employ you, that doesn't mean that they'll you know, if you're if their son comes home with you, they're gonna feel some type of way. Facts, right? <laughs> like, and just just like being in America, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is illegal to be gay, and so and and how they sort of define that is 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 more the sexuality part of it. So I'm sure you could be a flaming gay person on the trip. And like, you know, nobody will say anything. Um, but if you are trying to hook up, um, so they, the police and sort of their government's version of the FBI, um, they monitor all the hookup websites um, specifically for that. They also do raids at the club in Egypt. Um, so the police have been known to specifically target and pursue drag queens, trans women, sort of um, checking their houses and seeing if there's articles of clothing belonging to, you know, the opposite gender, that sort of thing. And so um, it wasn't till the last day when we started getting these sort of microaggressions from the hotel staff that I started to become like spooked about safety. And of course, that was like the last day, like everybody's preparing to leave. The rest of the group was going on to go to Jordan. 
Um, so they were like heading out and like our tour guide was supposed to be leaving. And that's when I just started to notice a shift where like I'd go to the counter and ask like, like, oh, my hotel key stopped working. And it was like, sir, how can we help? Oh, what? <laughs> I forgot about that. You know, just to kind of, you know, when it, as a queer person, when you we were outside, Ariel was smoking, and we were outside just kiki and talking with her, and we turn around, and it's like three men just gagging at us, just staring, and just it. That was a moment where I noticed where I was like, uh, "What is going on with this?" And yeah, I do remember that. I forgot about that vibe, even the vibe with the restaurant staff, and yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I remember. Okay, but that was the only time. Yes, that was the only time, and even I have to say, even at that hotel, I remember at that point in the trip, I my throat started hurting and I started feeling sick. And so I was like, well, where do I get throat lozenges? Remember, we were in the shop across the street. And I was like, do you sell throat lozenges? So yeah. I was like, my throat my throat hurt. And they were like, no. And so I went and asked the hotel staff. And they were like, oh, you can walk about five blocks down to the hospital. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? I was like, no. So I came back upstairs. And there was this guy doing housekeeping. And I, um, he he was always so nice to us from the time we checked in. And so he said, hi. And I said, hi. And I was like, can I ask you a question? I was like, my throat hurt. Can I get some throat lozenges or something? And so he told me about a website that they have to where the, the, the pharmacy brings medication to the hotel. And so he was like, just go down there and tell them um, Galabina, whatever the website was. And I was like, okay. So I went down there to the hotel staff and I told them that. And they were like, nope, can't nobody bring you medicine here. Can't nobody. And I was like, what? That's not what he just told me. So I go back upstairs. It was a mess. It was a back and forth. And so he eventually called the place for me to order me some medicine and so I waited for the medicine. I think it was like, what, three hours, four yeah. hours before the medicine to even come. Yeah. But so there were still moments where in that particular hotel, because it was just that particular hotel where people were shady. Yeah. That there was the still, yeah, that there were still some nice people in the hotel, but mainly at that hotel, it was. Yeah, our tea had spread and they got our tea. It spread. Mm -hmm throughout the, all the staff, so then they just turned shady. Well, would y'all do it again? Would y'all do the trip again? I would definitely cruise up and down the Nile for a couple of days. <laughs> I love adventure. And so with Intrepid, I will definitely use them again in regards to going someplace that I've never been because I like the idea of being with a group of people and we're experiencing these things all at the same time. I love the idea of that. It was so amazing. I was more um, flexible in what I wanted to experience with Egypt because I didn't, I had never thought about it. And so I feel like, yeah, I feel like I could do it with Egypt. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, we all agreed to cho choose that one, but um, yeah. definitely would travel with, um, definitely would like to use Intrepid travel to do another trip. I don't know exactly where, but I would definitely do that and like use them again. 
I would use them for Thailand because I'm mm. sure they know exactly where to go in Thailand to see all of the temples. And I'm sure they probably would be able to take you to the beach also. So that seems like a place where I would definitely use Intrepid for. Because they plan everything. Yeah, I love love that part. This is perhaps one of the most unique trips I've done. A lot of experiences have been either for work or they tend to be opposite, extreme. Like, I'm either there to work. Like, in Brazil, I was on a speaking tour, right? So, like, it was very focused on work and less about, like, the experience. So I wish I would have done more. And then, like, typically, you know, we've gone places and it like I think our agenda item is like leisure, rest, um, play. Do you know what I mean? Like sunshine, beach. Um, remember y'all did like the ATVs, and then I went to the spa. Like you know, very. It's very that. I don't, I forget where where we were, but very Cancun. That. Cancun. And um, this trip was very different because it really is all about the adventure and um it's curated day to day like you don't you literally are just required to show up um like that's it you don't have to put any thought into it which is quite nice um i definitely would do an intrepid trip again i definitely think doing the adventure sort of trip for 10 days I don't think I would do it as long. <laughs> and that's just because um, it's a lot of walking, a lot of hiking, um, lots of stairs up and down, um, lots of movement. Um, and so I definitely like pushed myself to keep up, push myself to like really just be like, okay, girl, I know your legs are in pain, but. You gotta hop in and out the boat. You gotta hop onto the, you know what I mean? The boat is rocking. Um, picture yourself on like a gondola. So in Egypt, they call them felucas. So we were on these felucas and it's rocking on the water and you gotta stabilize yourself and get onto the dock, hustle up the steel steps and then be ready to jump into the bus and then hop out and hike into you know, an ancient Egyptian temple ruin. And there's, you know, when you're doing that, like, it's fun, it's thrilling, there's just not a lot of downtime. Um, and so as a big girl, like, it definitely was like, ooh, I definitely need to get more steps in. Um, I would need to rehearse and prepare before the trip, <laughs> before the tour, um, so that I can keep up with everybody. Um, so I definitely would do it again. I know they have tours like in Vietnam that I was looking at. They also have Antarctica, which I think would be really cool. Um, like things that I just could never imagine putting together myself. And like, I think that's the genius thing that they offer is like, you really don't have to think about it. You pay a flat rate and it's all inclusive. So it, it covers your lodging, it covers your airfare to and from and they think about all of the details from start to finish um as far as egypt i would go back but i would want to go back and sort of stay at like a resort so i would definitely like stay at the four seasons in cairo and like just be there for maybe four or five days 
do the boat tour for a couple of nights, like Brianna was saying, um, the sort of the river boat on the Nile. Um, but yeah, like the highlights of this trip in particular, like we went to the spice markets, the tea shops, um, we got jewelry and odds and bits at the, the bazaar, perfume. Yeah, definitely. What what do you say, Brianna? I was like, oh damn, I did buy jewelry. I forgot about it. I need to find it. <laughs> oh my God. Right. We didn't even talk about that. You bought jewelry. I did. They had really good prices on gold. So I bought a gold chain. I think we all went to the oil market, to the oil shop, and bought perfume oils and spent too much money on <laughs> Um, body, on um, 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 body oils, but yeah, I feel like oh my goodness! Oh, I about the artwork. I still haven't unpacked my artwork. Oh no! So uh, I went to the art store that's by my house, uh, Bree, and they're framing it now. It's way more of a coin than I ever thought it would be to frame it. But they, when they were working on my order, they were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you know, this is, is this papyrus? And I was like, it is. Um, and the, the actually it was like a queer person that was actually helping me. And they were feeling the texture and they were explaining like how exquisite it was. And they actually used to work with um, papyrus, papyrus, um, when they worked for the papyrus stores that used to be in San Francisco. So yeah. cute. I love this. It was my favorite out of the trip. I got two of them. I got the lucky one with the scarab. And then I got this one just because, you know, we love black women art <laughs> or art of black women. And so this one was just beautiful to me. So I love that one. And I also got this because, you know, this is my <laughs> alabaster box dream. And so I got this beautiful oh, that's right. alabaster little um, thing to go on my, um, I like I use it to hold incense or it's for my altar. <laughs> and so I just thought it was so beautiful, the red, because my, my house, you know, have accents of red. And so it was something that I, I wanted to have and it was good. I loved it. It just feels like a once in a lifetime experience. Like I just, I just don't know anybody that's going to Egypt every summer. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, um, and so I think to have had that opportunity, like, I definitely think Egypt is such a beautiful country, both now and you know, in its its storied past, um, and the people. Like, next time I definitely would want to go to the fabric um, district, like the um, yes. with the textiles and the fabrics, like. We didn't actually get to go into into that, and like um, I hear that they have a beautiful like music scene in Cairo. Like, so there's definitely, obviously, I mean, it's a beautiful culture, and like um, you know, Cairo is a mega city, like New York, um, London, you know, et cetera. So like, uh, there's just lots more to see and do. Um, so I definitely, I definitely would do it again. Um, I probably would do it in a different way. I don't know if I would do it in group travel again, not because this trip was amazing. Um, absolutely. Um, just because I think I'd be able to kind of do things less centered around ancient Egypt. 
Um, now that I've done sort of the Indiana Jones <laughs> ancient Egypt experience, um, and I would definitely like do it again and um, yeah, in a different in a different way. Well, I want to thank y'all for joining me on. The, not only this trip, but on the show and sharing our experience. We want to thank um, Intrepid for choosing us to be, um, you know, just to be on this trip. This was a chance of a lifetime. It was amazing. I loved it. And I appreciate y'all for joining me and tell the people where they can find y'all. You know, I'm not really Brie. a social media person, but you know, I'm Brianna McCree. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm Aria Saeed, and you can find me on Snapchat, Christian Mingles, and no, I'm just kidding. What's the <laughs> other one that she says? BGC. BGC uh, chat. chat. That's right. Oh, Shout out to uh, T.S. Okay, you can't, sorry, you can't find me on any of those, but um you can yeah find me on social media under my name um and then yeah and yeah you can find me diamond styles everywhere and marcia's plate make sure you subscribe and listen to the show all right y'all have a wonderful day thank Ooh. you diamond well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing.